This is the Dreamers Podcast, where dreamers share their stories to inspire you. Now, join host Joe Pardo as he interviews a dreamer who's living their dreams. Hey Dreamers, it's Ladder Day, where I help you achieve your dreams. Now let's get climbing. Today I have on the show Tom Amin, who you may recall from episode 23, where he talked about moving from Cleveland to Los Angeles to pursue his dream of making music and doing it in a sense that he's a pianist, so that's what he does. Do you think it's easier or harder to specialize like that? I think, well, first of all, thanks for having me back. It's awesome to be here. I think it's a mixture of both because I think as a piano guy, you know, there, there, there are certain people that you get compared to all the time, you know, like it's Elton John or it's Billy Joel, you know, these two of these great pop pianists who, you know, who made it in the music field. So I think at times it's hard because you get compared to either what they sound like or what kind of songs they wrote. And, and they say, hey, can you do that? Or can you sound like this? Or can you play like that? But the flip side, the good side, is that being a piano guy, what, what's great about being a piano player in music is that it's more, it's, it's a lot, it's very versatile. So you can go and get work like in a studio, or you can go be a, a rehearsal pianist for a play, or you can go work with singers and be their companyist, companyist and you can do all kinds of stuff. That's what's great about the piano is it's very versatile like that. So I think it's kind of like a little bit of both. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be a master at something rather than like, oh, yeah, I can play any instrument, but you're like 70% or 60%. I would, I would think in terms of music, the piano is the most versatile because it, it allows you to basically be able to play anything, right? Yeah, it's a very good instrument. It's good uh, when people take music theory on it because it's the only instrument where you can see the music theory. Like you can see what does a half step look like what does a whole step look like it's very easy to see on a piano that's why even in college vocal majors that are uh, singers have to take a semester of piano it's just required so that's really cool you know it isn't the only instrument in the world there are so many great instruments I, I love so many of them but for me there was just nothing like the piano I think it's just one of the the prettiest most versatile instruments that can sound you know really poppy or really dark or mysterious or listen to like a Bach you know minuet on or Beethoven minuet on it's like there's so much it can do and sound like I, I just I really love it I started actually on guitar guitar was the first instrument I ever learned and I really liked it I think I played it for two years but then once I discovered the piano I just really connected with it. That's been my instrument of choice for many years now. <laughs> well, it's great to have you back on the show, Tom. And I'm glad to have you back on a, on a topic show. So real quick, we're going to get into a question before we get into our topic of the day. And the question comes from Jennifer, who asks, how do I deal with difficult bosses? Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I know from your perspective, I mean, you've dealt with a lot of one-off bosses because you're in a, a creative career, right? Yeah, that's where it gets interesting. There was a, a time not so long ago where I would do some jingle writing stuff for different clients. So what ha would happen, though, is the client usually comes in, let's say it's like a, a bread company, I don't know, and they want 
their commercial to sound a certain way and, and they give you some description of what they want. Like we want to portray our bread as happy, you know, and it's good for breakfast and families love it and all that kind of stuff. So then you go back and you start to work on a jingle or like a piano piece or a song that you feel kind of fits it. And you know, like musically it works, it's pretty solid, it's good. Or you give them, you know, multiple choices, maybe you do two different pieces and then you play it for these people but the best part is that these people are not musical at all they're like the suits of the company you know so when they sit there and listen to your stuff and then they start critiquing all of it and they sit there and say well that doesn't sound happy enough no we need it to sound like the bread is good for you like make it sound like when you eat the bread it's nutritious and you're thinking how do i come up with a chord for that how does how does you know how do i make the jingle sound nutritious but so and i've had a couple that were really difficult and had to do two or three different rewrites of the songs even in the studio that it's actually it was for like a fast food chain it was it's not one of the major ones it was like a, a a regional chain where i come from and they wanted a certain sound and they even sat in the studio when we recorded with the singers and they were really hard on us to say, I don't like how he did that vocal. Like, I don't like how he sang that word. We need to do it again. And at times it was really difficult to deal with because as a musician, like we knew what we were doing and we knew it sounded really good and the singer was doing great, but you had to appease your customer. You know, we had to make sure the client was happy and happy with the final product because it's their product and you know they're paying you for that so there were many times where i just had to sit back and just kind of take a breath and say you know what this sounds good and it's going to sound good no matter what we do but let's just you know listen to what they say try to incorporate it as much we can and take it from there and eventually it worked out just fine but it was really frustrating at times because you know they were telling us all these things that we knew weren't true or that couldn't be changed you know this the you know this chord progression isn't going to sound any better isn't going to sound more nutritionist nutritionist you know if we change <laughs> or nutritious sorry i can't even talk today but if we change the different patterns you knew as a musician this it's not going to work but we just had to kind of do it. So that's been a little bit of my experiences with some interesting clients. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, I mean, you've had to do a lot of weddings too. I mean, they can be some of the toughest bosses because it's their special oh. day. Yes, those because the there's a lot of pressure because you want it to be their special day. You know that. So you want to make sure all the music is great and, you know, the arrangements you're doing are what they want and the songs and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, it can be a quite a crazy day on a wedding day and, and the couple can sometimes get a little bit crazy on you. I mean, and you kind of understand because they just want everything to go perfectly. But sometimes there are people that you just can't please. I mean, that's just, sometimes that just happens. You just got to do the best you can and say, look, I did the best I could with this. You know, what else can I do? But I try to do my best, but it's it can be difficult sometimes. I had, I don't know if we have time to tell you this little story to talk about a difficult boss. I, I was hired for a party. It was about an hour away from where I live here in California. So I went and did the party. The woman told me to dress casual for the party. She instructed me, it's not a high-end event. You know, you don't have to dress up. You can wear casual stuff. You know, it's okay. It's just a bunch of us at a, a restaurant. We're celebrating my mom's birthday. I said, okay, that's fine. I went in like, I didn't go in jeans, but I did go like in a, like a casual dress pants in a, in a shirt, just like a button down shirt. I did not shave. Cause you know how sometimes like the gruff is kind of like an acceptable look now. Like, you know, like you have some, I mean, you shave it like around your neck, but you've got that little bit of you know, 
gruff kind of going on. Yeah, yeah. As perfectly, so many guys have it now. Well, I went there with that. She did not like that. And also, there was like a guitarist at the party that he kept wanting to play songs with me. And I, of course, I obliged him, but it wasn't part of my repertoire, you know. And I, and I, you know, he was having me play all these songs that I was like, look, I'd rather be playing this other stuff. But I did it anyway. I think the guy was actually the guitarist was the owner of the restaurant and he just wanted to participate. <laughs> well, after the party happened, she left me a really bad review online and said that like I was mediocre at best and he didn't shave and he, I didn't like the way his appearance was. And I felt really bad because I like she told me to dress that way. Like she told me, come very casual. Maybe I should have shaved, but that was one. That's a good example of a client that just I couldn't make her happy, and she let me know about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame uh, that she would leave a, a, a review like that. I mean, that she was that unhappy. You know what the thing is? is if she was that happy, you think she would have left a positive review? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. It's t- sometimes it's tough know. to get those positive <laughs> reviews. It's easier to get negative reviews than positive reviews. So true. That's so true. It's like <laughs> that with your DJing, isn't it? Yes, yes. I've DJed plenty of events. I've done a lot of clubs and stuff like that. But you know, school events. I've done a lot, a lot of like uh, grade school dances and stuff over the years. And they they can be difficult because there's usually one or two people who don't take too kindly to what's being played on the radio, regardless of if it's censored or not. And it's like, but this is this is what you know, this is what I'm expected to play. I don't I don't know what it's it's a very it's a very touchy situation because you're not trying to make anybody mad, and you're you know you think that your all of your music is is censored, but you don't always know. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there are slip ups and sometimes you have to recognize and do, you know, do things on the fly. But I, I would say from the other side of what I've done in working in an office environment, dealing, I mean, and as many of the listeners know, I, I come from a family business background dealing with family members, but really uh, a boss in general, because when you're at the top of like a company, your bosses are really the people that are that are under you at that point, the, the people, the lowest food. You know, it goes to the back to the clients and then the lowest people in the food chain all the way back up to you. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to deal with those situations, especially when you're trying to appease a lot of different people, especially when you have so many different bosses of different ranks within a company. You don't want to say the wrong thing because you don't want to have a bunch of people upset or call out or anything like that. You know, there's there's lots of different ways to deal with it. I know that personally, I haven't always dealt with it the best ways. <laughs> it happens. It does. It happens to all of us. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It's just mine generally get a lot louder than, than they should. And that's just being honest about it. But, you know, they say like, oh, you should just walk away or, you know, count backwards from 10. And, you know, it's as weird as it sounds. A lot of times that's generally the best thing that you can do and it's it's been the thing that has saved me quite a few times from embarrassing myself in in ways that i wish in previous times i had not done <laughs> i get it i think that's good advice i mean what happens when you like count back from 10 or take a deep breath or walk away for a little, little bit it gives you a chance to like remove yourself from the situation and cool off a bit so that when you come back more level-headed, you're not going to say things that could really get you in trouble when you're in the heat of the moment. 
Yeah. Or be thought of as, as, as different <laughs> actions than they actually are. Just because loud doesn't make you more smart and it doesn't make you more clearly heard. True. Very good point. But sometimes there's those, those situations and those bosses and those people that we have to deal with that we can't get away from, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, it's like, okay, the, today's a battle, tomorrow's a battle, the, the day after's a battle. And, and those are things where it's like, okay, well... I need to maybe, you know, maybe you need to look for a change, you know? And and sometimes the change isn't always external. Sometimes it's looking for another job or looking to be transferred within a company. But sometimes, you know, step back and look in the mirror and objectively or objectively <laughs> look at <laughs> the right. situation as, it, you know, from their perspective. And a lot of times, you know, you might not agree with them, but at least you could see where they're coming from and you could be like, okay, well... You know, I yeah, did I handle this situation right? Well, in our minds, it's easier to make excuses when we're on that side of it. Right. Why we lashed out or why we got annoyed because they were being difficult. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we're just like, ah, screw it. I don't care because I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be happy <laughs> with the situation either way. Yeah, removing yourself is, is uh, at least for a little bit, enough time to gather real thoughts and not just emotional thoughts. Exactly. That, that's the point of that. Because you can make better judgments when you're more rational than, you know, we've all done that, made judgments or said things based in our emotion at the moment, and we later live to regret it. So <clears throat> it's always better to uh, walk away if you can. But like you said before, too, if you're in a job, if the boss, if it's really a stressful job where the boss is really making your life miserable, where you're not happy at all and you absolutely dread going to work, you might be right. It could be time for like a switch, like a change or it doesn't have to be a new job. It could be within the company, like getting switched to a different department or, you know, maybe maybe the job you're at isn't util- utilizing the skills that you have to the best of your ability. Maybe, you know, you need a different kind of fit. So, I mean, all of that is stuff to consider as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to find myself and find a Mm -hmm. new place to fit myself into. (laughs) Still working on that. (laughs) (laughs) We all are, Joe, trust me. We all are. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, you're not alone. And neither is Jennifer. So thank you again, Jennifer, for for submitting that question. And if you have a question about what ladder to climb next in your journey or how I can help you or how any of my guest hosts can help you, please go to dreamerspodcast.com and hit the Write to Joe button on the left-hand side of the website or at the top right-hand corner is a little pencil. Uh, I really want to hear from you and let you know find out how I can help you out on your journey. So before we get into today's topic, which it all kind of ties in together, Tom, you just recently released on Monday, right? A new song. I did. I'm a big horror movie fan. So a lot of people might not know that, but I love good scary movies. And two of my favorites for were always the Halloween series and Poltergeist, the movie from the 80s. So what I did was I put a little medley together of the Halloween theme and Poltergeist. And I released it uh, yesterday, Monday. It actually came out Sunday night. I think that's when it went up. But my official release date was Monday. And uh, it's free to download for like a week and a half. It's to just celebrate Halloween. It's a free download of the of the song and uh, i really like how it turned out so i can't wait 
for people to download it and see what they think of it. Yeah, I got to listen to it, I think, even before you released it to the world. Mm -hmm. And I was happy that you did that because I got to listen to it. My wife got to listen to it, really enjoyed it. I think you did a wonderful job uh, putting them together. And I, I hope that you get a lot of recognition for it. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. It was fun to do. And if you are a fan of the the Halloween series and even Poltergeist, I mean, it's a, the Poltergeist theme is actually a really melodic, pretty slow kind of theme. I don't know if a lot of people probably will remember it once they hear it, but night might not remember how beautiful of a theme that was. Uh, but the Halloween theme is unmistakable. Once you hear that piano start going, you can't, it's like, oh, this is the horror movie Halloween theme. You can't mistake <laughs> it for anything else. But that's why I wanted everyone, whoever wants to download it, just, it's free and on my website. Yeah, we'll have links to that at howtodream.co. Awesome. So that ties in today's topic because I want to talk about taking something that is known and making it your own. With you, it's the, on the piano. And with me, it's DJing with records. Correct. That's right. Because I'm sure as a DJ, you guys are always spinning and trying out new beats, right? And trying and making the song, like crafting the song in a way that people can dance to or, you know, get get down with, I think. Or I mean, I'm amazed at what <laughs> DJs do with these songs. Like, I'm amazed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do it all live on turntables, but uh, some people do wow. it in programs. And either way, it works. Yeah. Two different skill sets needed to do that, either one. Sure. You know, it's it's interesting how, I mean, Tom, you have your own music, mm -hmm. but that's not what you're really known for. That's right. I uh, write all my own music. All the other albums I've done, besides the Disney stuff, are all original music. My own compositions, my own arrangements, all that good stuff. But most people know me, of course, from the Disney CDs I've done, which is totally fine with me. I have no problem. There's something fun about being able to take a cover song and reimagining it in a way that, that you that you want to tell it, if that makes any sense. Obviously, if you're going to arrange a song that you've loved or whatever, or that you've uh, that you want to retell in a certain way, you've loved the song. So you kind of want to give homage to it and respect it, you know, for where it came from. For like example, like the, the Disney stuff I did, like I wanted to just show respect for the music that it was because it's such great compositions but i just kind of wanted to put my own little flourish on it my own little style on it and see what people thought of it so there is something really cool about doing that i can't speak for every musician because i don't know but i love taking a great song a good song and just kind of just reworking it you know saying oh what if it sounded like this or what if i played you know tiki room on the piano but like a ballad you know what what would that <laughs> sound like and it's actually kind of pretty you know so <laughs> it's really interesting just to give your voice to something and say this is my interpretation of it it's kind of cool I, I i totally get it and uh, i agree uh, that everything that you you've put out is really great works of art and in its own right because the disney stuff is not your original music right and yet it's crazy that people re will recognize you for something that it's like i didn't this song was written like 50 years ago <laughs> but <laughs> no, yeah right? i get credit for it now because of the way i put it together and that's really a lot of what DJing is to me because I'm not just playing songs back to back but taking bits of this song and bits of that song and putting it together live and it's like hey I know what this is but I'm not really sure what that is all at once right. it's like it just 
for the right crowd, it can make all the difference. And I think that's part of what you've probably run into is it's all about the right crowd. In your case, it's it's Disney. And in my case, well, it is Disney with Adventuratorium, but... <laughs> You know, also right. the, the DJ community. That's awesome. Yeah, because I'm sure with your experience, there's nothing like you know, you're stamping your voice onto these tracks or doing, you know, your DJing and then having the audience react to that. Like having people be dancing to it or saying, oh, I love this song like this. You know, that's got to be very satisfying. It is. It is. Because a lot of times it's, uh, as I've explained before in previous talks and stuff like that, it's a lot of torment of sitting there and i'm sure you can attest to this on your end just playing the same loop over and over and over and over and over again to find something that fits but in your case it would be i guess playing the same part over and over again to yeah. find to see where it goes that makes sense right yes because you have to kind of think will people like this or this sounds bad to me i don't think anyone else is gonna like it i i have to like what i'm doing first you know what i mean like i have to see like oh i love how this sounds and then hope other people like it as well like that's that was one of the challenges with it's a small world because i love that piece but you know it, would you want to get stuck on it's a small world ride and hear that song all day like that would drive me insane you know? <laughs> well like most people it would it should but it's a great great song and that's why i wanted to slow it down which i guess the sherman brothers originally wanted it to be a ballad like it was supposed to be a slow song and you could kind of tell that's what their attention was because when i rearranged it slow it's like it's gorgeous it's just a simply beautiful song <laughs> Yeah, I mean, trust me, I'm not downing it. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I love the song, obviously. It's it's just a Disney classic, but it's so funny. I get comments all the time from people like, like they hear that song like, oh, I don't want to hear that song ever again. It gets stuck in your head and it never comes out. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That means that means the songwriters did their job. See that because that was the intention is they wanted to hook you in and they did their job. And that's exactly what you got to go for when you're trying to make bread more nutritious. <laughs> exactly right that's what it is and it'll put a smile on your face <laughs> so oh it's like that uh peyton manning uh nationwide commercial oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah I, I i think it's uh uh it's it is definitely interesting and you know i one other thing is and and i'm sure this fits too with music making on a piano you know you could give somebody five songs and they will make those five songs different you know each their own so they could sure. each have the same five songs in your case you know even if you just took one song it's like all right five guys all get one song and you play it and each of you play it differently with your own voice and if i had ten, say 10 songs to mix all together they're going to be mixed totally differently in totally different orders for totally different reasons totally that's that's true so true so i i think a lot of the positives that can come out of just doing stuff. I mean, look how many artists have been covered on YouTube and then the person that's doing the covers become famous because of oh, them yeah. doing the covers. It's amazing. Yeah, especially because some of the covers are really well done. They're really good. You know, and you'll sit there and listen to it and say, like, I've never pictured the song like this and I love it. You know, that's what gets people it's like, oh, wow. They, it's it's just a different interpretation of the song with your, you know, your personal stamp on it. Say, this is what I feel or this is what I want to present to the world. This is what I think this song could be like in a different form. And it's, that's, what's just great about this stuff is like everyone can have a voice and 
put out what they what they feel they want to to express themselves. It's great. I mean, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the one of the biggest successes they kind of you know blew up and then went back down was uh, Carmen when they did the Look at Me Now cover. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that was. And it was simple. Also, it was just them sitting there. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's sometimes that's the best thing. You know, it's just the best thing. I love that. I also love, and I know they're. I think they're pretty famous now. That group Pentatonix. They're the all singing group or, or acapella singing group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they they do some arrangements of some of these pop songs are just so breathtaking. And I sit there and think, wow, this is how the song really was meant to be. You know, it's like, oh, this is so amazing because they've done so many. But I don't know. It's just it's great. I love all that stuff. Even at Epcot, if you go like to Disney World at Epcot, the um, Voices of Liberty, the arrangements of their songs are outstanding. They're just amazing. Yeah, they are great. I'm glad that they survived getting not, you know, survived all the other bands oh, getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah, they could never. I think Oh, Voices of Liberty, there's no way. I mean, could if they ever got rid of them, that would be disastrous, I think. They'd have to get rid of the whole pavilion. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Maybe if America folds, then, <laughs> then they'll have to get rid of the pavilion. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, Tom, I would love for you to plug your website again and your music, and you have a new album out as well. The new album is my third Disney album. It's called Magical Moments 2. The Magic Continues. It's a really cool addition to the other Disney stuff I did because it has, like, finally Soren is on it. I did Zippity Doodah. I did a Spectral Magic. I did Making Memories. It's an old song from Epcot, from the Kitchen Cabaret. So there's a lot of fun stuff on there I really like. So that's the new album. Uh, the website is Tom Amin Music. Dot com uh, and if you go there if you want to do the free download you just click on the audio page and then you'll see the link where you could download the, the Halloween stuff but there's samples on the website you can uh, all my CDs are there you can order them through iTunes and Google Play and Amazon all that good stuff but yeah it's all there TomAminMusic.com you know real quick before before we go I just had a question that just popped into my mind how does that make you feel and uh, not to sound like a psychologist but <laughs> How does that make you feel, though, getting known for the stuff that isn't originally yours? And does it drive you to do want to do more that's not originally yours? Or does it make you indifferent? Because, I mean, you could just keep putting out your own stuff at, on the, you know, at the same time, right. and that would be the indifference part. Right. It's good and bad. I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I do have – I feel like as a musician, I have a, a voice. You know, the, the music I write, my original stuff, I really love it. It's great. People seem to really connect with it, and I love to write. So, I mean, it's great in that respect, but but bad in the respect that some people only know me as the Disney, the guy that plays cover music, you know, which is fine. I mean, I, I don't have any problem with that, but I want to say, but wait, there's more. Like, I wrote my own stuff, too, you know? Like, there's more to me <laughs> than just cover music, but it's great. I love the Disney music. That's the reason I started doing these covers. I just wanted to put my stamp, you know, on my Disney memories and stuff that I value and the music that I grew up listening to, the Disney stuff, and I love it. So if that's, like, all I'm known as to some people, I, I, I think I can live with that. I think it's okay. Hey, it's better to be known for something than nothing, right? <laughs> exactly, right? And the best part, if people like the music, that's all I care about out that's good for me that that makes my day yep still your voice still your name still yeah. your work that's so true joe so true well all the links will be at howtodream.co so people can find them just in case they're not able to type them in right this second while they're driving yeah don't do it while you're driving <laughs> <laughs> 
wait till you get home. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, again, if you have any questions that you would love to send in, I would love to hear them. Any way I can help you, I really would just love to help people. So please write me at dreamerspodcast.com. Just click on the Write to Joe button. Again, this has been Tom Amin, who does lots of Disney music and his own stuff, so don't forget it. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me, Joe, and thanks, people, for listening. It's, it's always great to be here. <laughs> yes, I, it is great to, to have you here and have people listening, and hopefully that continues for a long time. And please go download his new Halloween medley at TomAminMusic.com. Thanks again, Tom. Thank you. joining us for this episode of the dreamers podcast follow us on twitter at dreamers podcast join us on facebook at facebook.com slash dreamers podcast if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the dreamers podcast please send an email to j at jpar.co this podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co